Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for joining us on one of the radio stations around the country, or maybe you're on YouTube, iTunes, or Podomatic, wherever you're, you're joining us. We appreciate you being with us. Well, we have an incredible show for you today. We're going to talk about the multifamily market, the apartment market, which has really been the sweetheart sector in commercial real estate. But what's happening there? Are we getting into oversupply? Is the rental great, uh, growth and rate growth, is, are things starting to, to slow down a little bit? We'll also talk about financing, that impact on the market, and where there might be some good opportunities. We'll also discuss some cap rates and investment sales market information. So please welcome my first guest. It's Nick Fitzpatrick. He's the real estate analyst at Axiometrics, and he's joined us on the phone. Nick, thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you for having me, Michael. Looking forward to being here. So, Nick, how has the apartment market performed year to date? It, it does seem like it's been such a hot sector. Well, you're right. Like you said, it has been the sweetheart section of the market. And just to sort of set it up, what we've seen over the past six or seven years in the apartment market has just been such strong growth. Uh, starting in 2010 through 2013, we saw great growth and the first wave of new supply came in. Uh, things slowed down a little bit and we thought, you know, maybe that was it. That that was the, the great growth we were going to see for the apartment market. But then things just took off from there. And in fact, in 2014 and 2015, we saw even more tremendous growth in the market. Um, but that sort of has to come to an end at some point. And so when I sort of set it up, <laughs> I don't want it to sound too negative. We've been in such a great uh, run right now. But when I tell you that we have seen some slowdown in the apartment market, I don't want it to sound too negative. But what we've seen recently on a, on a year to date uh, growth, we're seeing 4.1% when we just look at it from a year to date perspective. And that that equals about what we had seen in 2013. Again, when that first wave of new supply came in rental rate uh, growth, Rental rate growth, annual effective or year-to-date effective rental rate growth, correct. Um, And like I said, we saw that in 2013 when there was a lot of new supply coming in. We have a lot of new supply entering the market and in the pipeline. Um, So it's not um, a surprise that we're seeing some slowdown in the market at the moment. But 4.1, that's still pretty strong, right? (laughs) Exactly. 4.1 is pretty strong. Uh, We're spoiled with the type of growth rates we have seen over the past few years. So when you see a number like that, you have to, you know, look at what it is and the the, uh, the long-term averages that we've had in the apartment market. Long-term annual effective rent growth is 2.2%. So 4.1% is still very strong growth. Yeah. And what about occupancy, uh, Nick? What do you see there? Very strong occupancy rates in the market right now, above 95% at the national level. When you break that out between asset class A and B are both above 95% and class C is just a tick below 95%. Very strong. Uh, which just it just uh, speaks to the demand that we have for apartments, uh, for apartment housing at the moment. Yeah. And what about uh, A versus B versus C when it comes to rental rate growth? Uh, where are you seeing most of the growth? Well, none of these asset classes have been immune uh, to the slowdown. This is the moderation that we've seen. All, all asset classes have seen some slowdown. Class A, which obviously competes with that new supply that enters the market primarily, uh, has seen the most slowdown. We're seeing that around 2%, and that's a year-over-year effective rent growth rate. B and C are more around, around the three, three and a half percent at this time. Again, these are not bad 
growth rates. They're just a little bit lower than what we've been accustomed to over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, they, they still are very good. You're right. We can't lose sight of that. So, but I guess there's a little bit of a trend of things uh, not as hot. So what do you expect moving forward, Nick? Moving forward, while well, we expect to end the year a little under 3%, maybe mid 2% year over year annual effective rent growth. And then going into 2017, we still have a lot of new supply that's going to enter the market. So we are, we wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit more of a slowdown into 2017. But then at that point, we do expect new supply to be reined in a little bit, less new supply in 2018, what we're going to see in 2017, which will allow uh, these new units to be absorbed, uh, demand uh, and supply to become more imbalanced. And at that point, we expect to see a tick up uh, in the growth rates again, allowing the market to recover. Okay. And I think some people think that in their class B and C properties that this new supply doesn't impact them. But uh, Nick, as you guys look at the numbers, uh, does that really relate well? I mean, at some point to some of these tenants start moving around and it starts impacting B and C with uh, increased supply in A? Uh, it does a little bit. Mm -hmm. Really what the uh, B and C product uh, suffer from is when you we have the growth rates that we've seen and the uh, you know the properties push those rental rates these these tenants are more price sensitive so uh, we will see the B and C if you're in a B apartment you just can't push that rent too much and at some point they'll drop down into a B minus or a C property and that's really the problem you get with the growth rates that we're seeing less so with the new supply although the B plus product certainly does uh, compete with some of the new supply out there. Yeah we're talking with Nick Fitzpatrick he's the real estate analyst at Axiometrics and they study the multifamily market across the country so your your guys are still bullish on, on apartments moving forward do you think uh, construction is uh, where do you expect construction to be in 2017 and moving forward in 2017, we do expect a fair amount of new supply to enter the market again. We've had a little over 300,000 new units, and that's our identified supply from our pipeline team that's scouring the country looking for, for all those new deliveries in the planning stage and development stage. And again, in 2017, I think what we've seen is those construction timelines pushed out slightly, taking longer to, you know, from the dirt or digging the dirt in the ground to delivering those units it's taking longer so what we had for 2016 we've pushed some of that into 2017 and we're going to see a similar amount of new supply in 2017 um, but the fundamentals are still good for multifamily even though there's a lot of new supply single family conditions what they are it's just favoring multifamily we're not seeing single family come that or uh, single family deliver uh, new houses to the market the home ownership rate is still very low uh, so this just um gives favor to multifamily overall. Okay, we're talking about the multifamily market today. And, and Nick, what about affordability? You mentioned that 4.1% uh, rental rate growth in a year has is really a slowdown. So obviously, rental rates for apartments have been growing much faster uh, than incomes around the country. So how big an impact is affordability on the multifamily sector? That certainly is a concern. Uh, affordability, uh, because the rental rates have been growing at such a fast pace and like you said incomes just aren't growing at that pace it has been a concern I think we've seen in some markets where uh, people just aren't willing to pay the extraordinary amounts for the renewals or the new leases that have been offered out there in the West Coast markets where we saw those double-digit rent growth just for such a long time. It's really come crashing back down to earth there and part of that's because of affordability you know like I mentioned earlier 
they're in that class A apartment and then that renewal rate comes in at the, the crazy uh, increase that we have seen, they're just choosing to maybe move slightly down to that A- minus or B-plus product just a little bit out of town. Uh, and that can offer them just a, a little bit more of a, an affordable apartment, not quite as a big a hit on that paycheck. Okay. And Nick, where do you see opportunities for investors or developers, developers in the multifamily sector? Well, what we've seen is that concentration in the urban core for such a long time. Now it's a little bit more difficult to find those sites. So really, some of the opportunities are in those suburban submarkets where growth has tended to remain a little bit stronger than what we've seen in the urban core. If, if you look at a market overall and they maybe had four and a half, five percent rent growth, if you dig down and they've had a fair amount of new supply, a lot of that's going to have been concentrated in the urban core. And you're probably going to see the urban core flat or maybe even negative annual effective rent growth there and then in the suburban submarkets maybe they're six maybe they're seven percent and that's you know you're seeing that average out to about five percent so the opportunities might be in those suburban submarkets but but again those uh those sites are uh hard to find sometimes and financing might be a little bit more difficult it's not quite as a, a viewed as a slam dunk but uh the opportunities are certainly there okay well to close our interview i know you have to go what would be your tip for multifamily developers or investors for 2017 uh, well, like I said, uh, those sites are out there. It might take a little bit more time to find, but multifamily is still strong. Single family, what it is, multifamily, it, um, it's still got some legs in it for sure. Yeah. So uh, you're not going to give me the old buy low, sell high tip? <laughs> <laughs> that's never a bad tip, is it? Definitely uh, go with that. Uh, that. That's great. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us on the Commercial Real Estate Show. We appreciate you being here. Hey, thank you very much for having me, Michael. Yeah. And if you'd like to get more information on the apartment market and some of the other tools and things that Axiometri Axiometrics has, uh, visit their website. It's axiometrics.com. Well, stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to have a, a developer, and we're going to have an apartment association leader uh, and an attorney all in a bar and see what happens. No, they're not going to be in a bar. They're going to be in Studio One. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking apartments, the multifamily market. Now we have an expert panel. Please welcome my guest. It's Stephen DeFrancis. Stephen is the founder and CEO of Cortland Partners. Stephen, thanks for being with us in Studio One. Thanks. Great to be here. Also, please welcome Benno Rothschild. He's a partner with the law firm of Hartman and Simons. Benno, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Also, please welcome Jamie Tebow. Jamie is president of the Atlanta Apartment Association. Jamie, thanks for being here. Thank you. Happy well, to be here. Well, guys, we just heard about the, the market and it's still doing really well, but I'm curious what you guys see. I mean, you know, as a lawyer dealing with all your clients and uh, and, and as a, an investor and developer, and then also all your all the folks that are at the apartment association, I mean, it's got to be different views here. So, so Ben, what do you see? What are your clients telling you about how they see the apartment market today? Are they any concern about overbuilding or? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely some concern about that. But I think, you know, as attorneys, we're sort of leading edge on those kinds of things. 
things because people get under contract before they actually close and so you know we're three six months out you're kind of seeing what's going to happen because you're working on it before it actually before those transactions occur um, and, but I we haven't really seen any slowdown in in those transactional volume I mean there's definitely lots of things going on um, and people you know seem to be coming back and there's a lot of appetite for uh, multifamily right now yeah and Stephen what do you see with your properties is everything just hot as it can be it, things are still going really well uh, in all of our markets, Houston slowed down a little bit, but the rest of the markets we're in are continuing to see really strong growth. Um, we tend to be, uh, we focus principally on value add investing. Um, and so we tend to be right below the top tier of the uh, product mix. And as you can imagine, all the new development tends to be in the very highest end products and locations. So we're still seeing a lot of growth, which some of it's just from the organic growth in the market. Some of it's coming from folks who are moving down as rents continue to escalate ever higher. So in your value add properties, are you seeing greater rent increases in the last year than the 4.1 because of that, that market you're in? Or? We are seeing consistent uh, rate growth year over year that we have seen over the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we are seeing a little change in the market now, maybe a little, uh, there's more competition on the buy side, you know, so you're having to pay a little more for these opportunities, but there continues to be, you know, a number of opportunities in the value add space to find uh, properties that are, you know, where the physical plant, the offering is suboptimal for the location. Yeah. And Jamie, what are, our, are your members telling you? Are they concerned about the market? Or are they still as happy as they can be doing the Snoopy dance? Well, <laughs> the market is still in a good place. Yeah. It's not as hot as it's been, um, particularly on the urban infill side, but the suburban areas are still pretty strong. Um, we'll continue to see supply uh, coming online through 17, um, mostly in the infill locations. So that puts a little bit of a damper on the rent growth. But to Stephen's point, the value add, um, options are still plentiful out there uh, in the market. Lots of properties um, going on the market that, that give somebody an opportunity to get that rent growth with some capital investment. And what do you guys think moving forward? I mean, do you think we're still going to have uh, this kind of growth moving forward for the next few years? What's your crystal ball say? Well, I tell you, one of the things that at least some of my clients would be worried about is, I mean, if you look at this Core Plus stuff and, it, and, and it's going so well and there's so much growth and there's a lot of new product going in and, and people are you know, talking about how much is coming on the market. Well, if those people um, start discounting and giving that free rent um, you know, up front, you know, the month, the two, you know, to get people in because that market softens because there's so much coming online. I mean, that, that's got to impact your stuff too. I mean, that, you know, that's going to impact those B guys because they're like, well, you know, if I can go to an A class, you know, in, in that core market and really, and I can get a month free rent or I can get, you know, a month and a half free rent, then, you know, maybe it's not as attractive to be in a B class property. But if you're still buying, you're, Stephen, you're, you're bullish on the apartment market. We remain bullish. You know, we feel like you still have another, you know, seven or eight years of pretty clear growth on the demand side. You know, you are going to have soft pockets, soft submarkets that are being hit as a result of overbuilding and oversupply. Mm-hmm. At some point in that time period, we're likely to have a downturn in the economy, which will cause some, you know, a, a, a softness in the market on a more macro basis. But there's a pretty clear you know, continued dem- growth on the demand side. Um, the good thing about supply is it doesn't sneak up on you. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. you know it takes two or three, four years to 
come out of the ground. Yeah. Um, so you should be able to navigate through that if you're actively managing the portfolio. Um, you know, they're, one of the good things that we see is because of the huge increase in construction costs over the last five years, that has pushed all of the development community to develop only at the very top end of the product mix. So as a result, uh, the spread between you know new development and sort of A minus properties is as wide as it's ever been. So there's a lot of room if new development introduces concessions for them to concess their rents before you start to compete with the A minus and then of course the B and on down the line. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, one of the great things is we're seeing, a, you know, finally seeing some slowdown in, in starts uh, with the, you know, pullback in the lending community with financing of, of new development, um, which we hopefully will continue. And, uh, um, you know, if we can, you know, continue to see that trend, uh, you know, as you go out into 18 and 19, we should be in great shape because, you know, it, the, the demand side seems very you know, to be growing at a pretty clear pace. Yeah, and, and Benno, you've seen uh, your client really be interested in buying existing product, partly because of these construction costs, right? Absolutely, I mean, they, you know, when they're telling me that, well, if I buy something now and versus, you know, new construction, I mean, that, that differential is crazy big. I mean, it, as you're saying, it just really is. And I, and I wonder how you're gonna find, um, you know, more core plus a properties where people are willing to pay those construction costs and that you know has got to dampen that over the next couple of years I mean I, you just see it it has to happen I don't I mean I, but the weird thing is you haven't really seen it yet which yeah. is surprising me yeah and, and just to, to add to Stephen's point on the uh, supply picture it's really being stretched out there's a there's a labor shortage um, so even though it looks like a lot of supply is hitting at any one time in any particular market, it's taking a lot longer to bring the product to market than it used to. Yeah. So that and the lending um, crunch is really helping spread out that supply picture. And you mentioned lending. So Stephen, how are you seeing lending on existing product? Are lenders starting to get a little more cautious? Or? There's still plenty of liquidity in the debt market for existing product you know, from our, what we're seeing. Um, we will, well, you know, as it relates specifically to us, we are not seeing any challenges in the debt market. Uh, what you're seeing is a lot of, uh, the, you know, the more traditional banks who were principally doing uh, construction lending for the multifamily space, now that they're pulling back on construction lending are moving into um, more value-add lending uh, because the risk profile is different and the, uh, you know, it, it, is they're being forced by the regulator to pull back on uh, development uh, lending, they're moving into uh, some of that, some of that liquidity is moving into the existing I space. I see. And, you know, and that's healthy, right? That uh, is kind of keeping a lid on new supply and, uh, and we're kind of fixing our own problem. It seems like in the last re recessions that we've had, you know, we've really just overbuilt. Right, it's just more product, more product, and we create our own problems. You know, maybe this time we'll, we won't have as, uh, if we do have a downturn, it won't be as bad, right? Well, stay tuned. We're gonna take a short break. When we get back, we're gonna talk more about apartments and multifamily and what to expect moving forward. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com.
Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull. Today we are talking about the apartment market, and this is, of course, the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have Stephen DeFrancis here with Cortland Partners. We have Ben Rothschild here with Hartman Simons, and Jamie Tebow with the Atlanta Apartment Association. Hey guys, I think one of the things that we talked about in an earlier segment with Axiometrics is affordability. I mean, rents have really been rapidly increasing over several years, but yet wage growth has not kept up with it at all. Uh, are your uh, members concerned at all about affordability and these tenants really can keep paying these rents? Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're hit day in and day out uh, on the on-site management offices about where the rents are heading and where they've been heading uh, over time. And it's getting to a point where some people that are either have had difficulty finding a job or have not seen wage increase um, over the last few years are really having a difficult time making a decision as to whether they can stay in the communities or not. And not just current residents, but as you are um, getting permits for future constructions, there's a real legislative issue on uh, what affordability measures will be put into the unit mix um, to get the construction approved or the permitting approved. So major cities are now really uh, focusing on making sure there is an affordability plan yeah. Um, as part of the construction process. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And you talked about the increased construction costs and the cost of, of new supplies. So you really have to get some really healthy rents, depending on the market area you're in, to, to justify new construction. And uh, what about on your existing products, Stephen? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a difficult argument. Obviously, uh, you know, from a social standpoint, you want to be sensitive to there are a, a number of folks who uh, whose incomes are not rising and yet rents are and that's a real issue but the flip side of that argument is this massive increase in new demand is really coming from folks who make considerably more than we're used to seeing in the you know the traditional multifamily rental space so you've got an enormous increase in the overall demand and most of that new demand is in a much higher uh, income clientele um, which offsets the severity of that issue um, we're seeing it less in our portfolio because we tend to get a lot of folks who are moving or may, might be priced out of the brand new product because it's gotten so expensive or just don't feel they need to pay that much. Um, so we tend to see, uh, you know, when we're, when we're rolling over for a new resident, uh, we tend to see growth in the income, on the average income in our new clientele versus where we are, you know, at any certain point. Yeah. So because of the you know, dynamics of our specific business plan, we tend to not be running into that issue as much. Well, it's interesting to see that your income of your newer tenants is, is larger. Some of that because of kind of the nature of rentals today. I know uh, years ago, if I was at an event and someone said they're renting an apartment, I would think bad about them. Now when they say, well, I don't own a home, I rent an apartment, I'm like, you lucky dog. Right? <laughs> uh, is some of that, that there's people like that, that that maybe can buy if they wanted to, that, uh, uh, that there's just a, a different makeup of your tenants? I would say it certainly is. I mean, the, the vast, the market for multifamily is doing really well, and it's really, you know, the vast majority of folks in the space look at it as a, 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 a lift being driven by an, an increase in overall demand. Yeah. But one of the underlying, you know, parts of that demand is that, is, you know, we're seeing a big disruption in the space going from what was, you know, a, a huge commodity play, you know, for the first 40 years of multifamily, you know, coming back to the mid-60s, 
was that it was basically a place where folks lived until they didn't have to. You know, you mm -hmm. moved in when you were newly graduated, newly divorced, newly widowed, newly something, generally something not great, yeah. and you stayed there until you didn't have to any longer. Right. Um, so there was no, you know, there was no economic incentive to do it better, uh, to manage better, build better properties, et cetera, uh, because as soon as folks could move up and pay an increase, uh, they tended to move out. Yeah. What we're seeing now is a very different clientele. It's very much, it's much more so, uh, uh, consumer choice driven type of clientele mm -hmm. and that's what's allowing for you know folks you know you're, you're, those higher income folks are what's allowing these rents to continue to be absorbed at ever higher levels yeah and one of the ways that a lot of owners uh, adjust their rents is through revenue management systems right like the airlines use and the hotels use that change the rates on apartments almost on a daily basis or maybe hourly basis in some cases Stephen are you guys using those and, and how do you find them we do. We uh, the product we call we use is called Yield Star. Um, we have found it very beneficial, um, but you have to use it. You know, it, it can't. It's not a cure all. Um, you know, some folks use it religiously and take all the power away from the folks who are working at the community to make decisions. Um, we have found that that's not really the best way to use it. You know, for our model, um, we want to make sure that our folks on site continue to be empowered to interact with their customers and the residents. Um, and make those decisions, but we use the softwares, you know, for guideposts, you know, to make sure that we're current with where the market is, um, and that, you know, our, our associates working on site, you know, stay current there. Yeah, well, it's certainly a good product, and we've seen some increased returns with clients using revenue managers, so it's certainly something to consider. Well, stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back with more on the apartment market. Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrow advocate. For requests, assumptions, consulting, and restructuring, Call First Service Solutions at 817-756-7227. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking about the apartment market. We're in Studio One with Stephen DeFrancis, Benno Rothschild, and Jamie Tebow. And let's talk about the investment market a little bit you know, we have really low interest rates. They are supposed to go up. I guess we hope they go up. The economy improves right enough that, that interest rates are going to rise. We have a, a hot apartment market, although it's the performance is starting to slow down a little bit, still, still real healthy. So is it time to sell apartments, Stephen? I would say yes. Yes. I think everybody should sell them. Sell um, them to you. We're a buyer. We happen to be interested in, in looking at what you have. Uh, you know, Cortland will grow, you know, for 2016. Uh, I think the numbers are roughly we'll buy 12,000 units and sell about 6,000. So we're definitely a net buyer this year and look to do the same you know, to be a significant net acquirer for 17. Uh, so we're still very bullish. Um, you know, the opportunity set is, you know, changing over as the market, uh, the, the, the economic cycle moves forward. But mm -hmm. uh, we still think there's a lot of opportunity and thankfully rates have remained low. Um, 
we do think they'll go up. Uh, but we thought that for four straight years now. So yeah, who believes it? I mean, I, well, you know, and, and market timing is impossible, and and everybody knows that. I mean, I, I had a client who uh, who bought you know kind of early in that cycle in in around uh, 2011, and they made a lot of money selling in 2013, and then looking back, they're like, well, you know, maybe we could hold till 2015, and that would have yeah. been even better. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you make a lot of money, you, you, who's going to complain about that? My old pappy says, for making money, it's a good. <laughs> thing right? <laughs> what about your members what are you hearing from them there's still a lot of private e- private equity out there mm-hmm. um, chasing well-located deals mm-hmm. um, our company has just uh, put several communities uh, on the market mm-hmm. and tons of interest lots of tours very very healthy offerings uh, on the portfolio so definitely um, a lot of equity if it's well located and if it's a value-add play uh, even more interest so what kind of cap rates you guys see in some samples on some of these properties? You know, the stuff we're looking at, which is, you know, you know, really splits between value add and core plus. I would say, you know, the, the core plus is, you know, in these sort of low fives, mm-hmm. lo, maybe high fours, low fives. Uh, value add is really all over the map because it depends on what, the, you know, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. How much value can you add? It, you know, what Cortland's going to do to a property is different than what the next seven buyers might do to a specific uh, property. So, uh, you know, it trades the, 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 the delta between high and low on those cap rates is a bit higher. Um, but for the most part, most of what we're looking at is, you know, trading in the sort of mid fours to mid fives uh, on in place. I guess it also depends on whose NOI are you using, right? The sellers, the buyers, the lenders, or the brokers, right? <laughs> Never the broker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me. So, so what do you see in the market when you're out there uh, investing in apartments uh, and, you're, and you're selling apartments? What do you see for foreign investment and the impact on the apartment market there? I think it's a huge, you know, I think it's a huge driver right now. I mean, there's a lot of foreign money that has come into the United States. There's, um, it is, it's continued to do so, and in the apartment uh, space particularly. Yeah. We have a number of foreign partners, and so we have, uh, you know, we deal uh, with a handful of foreign investors. You know, what we see, uh, you know, with uh, foreign investors relative to the more traditional domestic investment community is, uh, you know, the, the domestic capital has been raised for the most part. It's uh, in, fu- you know, fund structures and it has been raised to expect a level of return that may or may not be uh, realistic for the commercial real estate market today, whether that's multifamily or any other commercial real estate, um, where most of your foreign investors are coming over and, you know, looking at the returns they can get in those very same investments as being, you know, much greater than what they're able to get in their, you know, yeah, if they're getting country. a negative return, they like the four yeah. positive. <laughs> and, and the security of it, you know, they don't have right. the political risk. Right. You know, we, we see it as a, a, the craziest times in our lives is politically, but to them, it's yeah. it's still pretty, uh, yeah, you know, pretty pretty bland political environment relative to where most of them are coming from. Right. Jamie, what do you see for foreign investment? Uh, see it growing? And- uh, ab- absolutely, yeah. yes. From a um, multifamily REIT perspective, mm-hmm. we definitely see more interest from the foreign investors than we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes with that from a public company standpoint is there's a real um, 
push for sustainability initiatives mm-hmm. um, from the foreign investor side. So that's something different than what we've seen from the typical domestic investor. So they really want you to go green, huh? They want us to go green. I thought they just wanted green money. <laughs> <laughs> they want both. Yeah. Well, there's certainly a lot of green initiatives out there on the uh, on the money side. So there's a lot of reasons that you'd want to do that. So yeah. you, you, if you have people pushing you from behind and people pulling you from ahead, that sounds like a good combination for that. Well, it seemed like sustainability kind of lost its uh, allure when the market went down, but uh, you're seeing uh, a lot of push now? Definitely. There's actually a uh, global real estate sustainability benchmark that these foreign investors want to know what your score is. I mean, it's an annual survey, um, and they're looking to see what are you doing uh, from a, a company standpoint on this initiative. Wow. My clients are looking at, you know, like the Fannie Mae, the green program. I mean, they're they're jumping in on that. I mean, why not? It gives you, you get a, a better deal, you get, you know, better pricing, and, and you get to do something that's going to, and you know, bring in that foreign investor at the same time. So that's kind of a win-win. Speaking of scores, do they also look at the walkability scores? They, Absolutely. Is that? Walkability is huge for our portfolio, um, and it's huge for the renter base as a whole. Yeah. Well, I guess if uh, a lot of your tenants are now baby boomers, they can't walk around anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, the baby boomers are a lot healthier, as we were talking about earlier uh, off air. So, uh, well, stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. We're going to have more on the U.S. apartment market. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. What are you doing October 24th and 25th? Come see us at CCIM Thrive, the national CCIM event of the year. Covering hot topics like crowdfunding and big data, this is the one industry event you cannot miss. Visit CREshow.com and look for CCIM Thrive. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We're talking apartments with Stephen DeFrancis, Benno Rothschild, and Jamie Tebow here in Studio One. And I'd like to finish up the show with some of the trends that you guys are seeing in the marketplace. Well, one of the things we uh, are seeing a little bit is um, is larger unit size. Uh, people are looking for more space, uh, and that's really for a variety of reasons. I think some people are looking um, to be able to raise kids in their apartments now. Um, there's just a different demographic change, and especially um, older people who are coming out of houses that, you know, they're coming out of a five, 6,000 square foot house uh, to go down to an 800 foot apartment does not seem like the kind of thing they want to do. So they may want to add that extra bedroom um, for their stuff, yeah. and also maybe to have their grandkids come visit. Yeah. Kids. Oh, man. Oh, I got my son here in the studio. We don't want kids in our apartments, do we? are just going to mess things up. That's right. <laughs> and, Stephen, what do you see? What's on the trends you see? You know, the trend that we are seeing uh, is a little less specific, but it's the capability or the ability to uh, create more value by investing in the property, the traditional property management side of the business. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of effort, and a lot of folks are today on the you know, the actual built environment, the, the location, the walkability, the, you know, micro unit, macro unit, you know, all these things that have to do with the product. But we are also seeing a big opportunity to, to move the needle if you really invest in and focus on the operating side of the platform. You know, the, the reason we're able to 
to get ever higher rents is because we're uh, seeing a, a higher and higher demographic in the renter profile. Um, and what comes along with that is an opportunity that if you do a better job of meeting their needs and catering to them as a customer, you can, you know, see better results at the bottom line. And I think that's, uh, you know, on a general, a general point where we're seeing a lot of opportunity. Well, I appreciate that because I think when you show your customers your care and you're providing great service, whether it's your tenants or your investors, it's going to make things work well. Sure. Uh, it's interesting. I had a uh, dry cleaner that did terrible work. <laughs> you know, you go in there, your suits and your it all crumpled, everything. But when you went in there, they knew your name. They knew your children's name. They they talked about how wonderful your car looked, even though it was old. <laughs> how great they were to see you. And it was the service level, right? And that's what you're talking about. I mean, sure. that's so important. Sometimes that makes it hard to change things yeah. when you like the people you're dealing with, yeah. even if you don't like exactly some other aspects yeah. of it. You say, well, you know, but I like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the reality is historically in our space, our customer, you know, everybody who ran a multifamily company looked at their investors as their customers. Yeah. And property management who really dealt with their customers was sort of this group that was down the hall that, yeah. you know, was to some degree a necessary evil part of the business. Yeah, they're not. They were not getting the respect that they deserved as the group that was on the front line yeah. dealing with the customers day in and day out. Yeah, good point. They're not units, they're residences, right? <laughs> they're not That's tenants, right. They're residences. Uh, Jamie, what do you see? We see, um, we're living in an Apple world today, mm -hmm. right? Everybody's walking around with iPads, iPhones, and they're on 24-7. And so I really think uh, in, in today's real estate world, you have to make sure you're available 24-7 for your uh, residents. And whether that means online portals, electronic leases, um, that's what they're looking for. They want to be able to communicate and they want to be able to communicate via technology, not necessarily face-to-face. -face. Um, and what sort of goes hand-in-hand -hand with that is the social media platform. Yeah. You know, today reviews and ratings are so very important in the apartment search. And so you need to make sure you have a social media strategy for your company in order to be successful. How are you going to handle online reviews? How are you going to respond to online reviews? Um, and it's really an important part uh, of the business today versus yeah. just a few years ago. We appreciate you guys being on the show today. Great information. Thanks for being with us. Thanks. For thank you. Thanks for having me here. And thank you for joining us on the radio stations around the country or YouTube or iTunes or wherever you're catching the show, maybe commercialrealestateshow.com. We appreciate you being with us. Well, you want to be with us next week. We're going to have ULI and PWCs emerging trends in real estate. They're going to visit us from New York, come down here and share the highlights of that report. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Valuate, online investment analysis. First Service Solutions, your CMBS borrower advocate. Apto, the CRM for commercial brokers. You're invited to contact these companies through the show website, CREshow.com.